From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we are talking football all night long and getting a little bookish. We are going to start by closing the book on the Browns season with one last recap. After that, we are opening the book and looking forward to Super Bowl LVIII and making our final predictions for the big game. We will close the night hitting the book for nonsense prop bets and some bad idea parlays. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever. My co-hosts, Phil Denko and Chuck Rambaldo are here. Fellas, worst news in Cleveland sports this week. Jarrett Allen's double-double streak ending, Callahan Auto Parts moving to Tennessee, or the charge getting boat raced today 135-101 to 101 by the Delaware Bluecoats. I was unaware of the result of the charge game until just now. <laughs> So I, I feel kind of indifferent about that. I'm going to go with um, the Jared Allen double-double streak coming to an end because he, at one point before he got hurt, he actually had his 10th rebound yeah. and they took it away. Yeah. Like, oh, Jerks. man. <laughs> that's that's rough. I'm going to go with the uh, the charge only to offset with the good news. I'm surprised you didn't see this, curve that Amani Bates has made like the young guns or young faces game. So, okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> By far the worst news was uh, Callahan leaving the Browns and heading to Tennessee, man. Like that guy was uh, a big deal for that team. And uh, I don't know who they're going to replace him with. I hope it's not Joe Thomas. I don't want a Hall of Fame former player. I would like, as I always like with coaches, somebody who used to suck so bad that they had to learn how to do things right, just like I did. All right, let's get moving. We'll start with our first segment tonight. We are closing the book on the Cleveland Browns season. We all know the story. Injuries to the best players on the team could have derailed the campaign in September or October or November. Browns kept plugging holes and winning games before the good luck finally ran out, and they suffered an ugly playoff loss to the Houston Texans. Browns finished 11-6, second in the AFC North, and with their second playoff appearance in the Stefanski era. Give me your one-word hot take on the Browns season. It's two words or it's hyphenated, so just bear with me. Uh, I'm going to say roller coaster. For all the reasons you kind of mentioned, if I have to explain it, we had three points and this two points really in the season are like this season's over. Nick Chubb gets hurt, then Deshaun Watson gets hurt. Not just that, the injuries all across that line, the skill position, everybody's hurt. There's no way this team can keep winning, but they they did. So for me, the right word here is roller coaster with my emotions for most of the season as well. Maybe overachieving would be a better word for, for all the adversity they face, but it's a roller coaster just because it was so up and down. Uh, the highs were so high for us as fans. Uh, and when the lows kind of hit, they were super low, but then it was like the second hill of the Magnum. Like it's, it's almost as good as the first. We're going right back up because this is going to be great again. So I'm going to say roller coaster. I'm going to take a step back and use a word at kind of a, a, a long view here. And the word is resilience. Uh, it didn't feel like it during the season. It felt more like the roller coaster, like Chuck was saying. But resilience for sure, because I, I think I counted three times where the season was over. Because the Chubb injury, the Watson injury, and then the Watson injury again, right? Like that was yeah. the Browns just kept winning. They they went two and two with PJ Walker and DTR as quarterbacks in the middle of 
the toughest stretch of the season in the past. No Browns team win a game in that stretch of four games, let alone two of them. Uh, and then you pull a guy like Joe Flacco into the into the mix at the end of the season, and he plays five games and ends up leading all quarterback categories and statistics, be it yards and touchdowns and all those kind of things. And it was a, a season of cliches. You know, it's next man up or or the winning culture or the locker room was together or whatever you want to call it, right? It's just this this laundry list of cliches. But I, I truly think that's what was going on. Like we witnessed something here that was it was about a team. It was about resiliency. And hopefully this is a bit of that culture shift that we like to talk about and hope for. Uh, maybe we see this going forward and we get some skilled players back and it's even better. I'm going with oxymoron because I feel like the season was really good and somehow disappointing at the same time. You didn't say good and terrible. Good and terrible. <laughs> I could have said good and terrible, <laughs> but that's too many words. Okay. As far as the really good stuff, how the hell did we beat the 49ers? With P.J. Walker as the quarterback for that game, I think. That's that's nuts. How do you find Joe Flacco and, and have him do that? How do you piece together an offensive line when you lose multiple tackles on both sides? I mean, how do you do it? It's so good that they managed to get through uh, the best division in football, finish, I'm sure, with a winning record in the division, continue to win enough games to make the playoffs, with all of that happening during the season, that's so good. But that playoff loss was so disappointing because it they looked like the old Browns in that game. They looked unprepared. They weren't ready. They were making dumb mistakes and stupid penalties. They just didn't look like the team that we had just watched for 17 games. And so that was disappointing. I think a little disappointment also in the way the injuries derailed what could have been a great season. You know, you lose Chubb, you lose Watson, you lose guys on that line, and you look back on it now and you think, geez, how many games would we have won if we had all those guys playing at the top of their game? That that would have been incredible. So there's really, really good, but also really disappointing when you look back over the whole course of the year. Why don't we move on and visit an old friend? What was your Sendejo moment of the year? A terrible play that reminds us of our old friend, Anderson Sendejo. I don't even remember the guy's first name. <laughs> I feel like I kept calling him something different every week. I, I, don't right. I don't know. Is it Andrew Sendejo? It could be anything. All right. Week two, the first Steelers game. A strip sack leads to TJ Watt's fourth quarter touchdown return. Ends up being the game winner in that game. Week four, the first Baltimore game. Whoever made the decision to stick with the Deshaun Watson game plan when DTR came in at quarterback week eight against Seattle, PJ Walker passing on third down on the final drive. You may recall that led to a interception after the ball bounced off someone's helmet week 12 in a loss to the Broncos. The Browns had three fumbles and PJ Walker got sacked for a safety honorable mention. The first Steelers game, Watson flagged twice for grabbing defensive players' face masks while running. Last one, I couldn't find it, but I know that there was a game where they had back-to-back 12 men on the field penalties. So which of those or anything else you can think of is your Sendejo moment of the year? That's tough. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Seahawks option only because I think, I think that's a game the Browns might have been able to win 
had they just played it a little differently toward the end there, where the other games were, it was just not good, right? I mean, other than the Steelers game was close, of course, but that was a that was a loss after the Chubb loss, so to speak. So I'll go with that uh, that that doink off the helmet pick that ended PJ Walker's bid for 102 yards passing total that game. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Steelers options here because a lot went wrong in that game. Not only the Nick Chubb stuff, but I forgot about the two faces or the, the, I remember thinking when we talked about like, how stupid is this? And I can also remember us going, you know, like the, the season was so full of hope and like, oh, of course the Browns are going to win on Monday night against the Steelers. And it yeah, just yeah. like, I remember being at that point, like, it's going to be a long season. Like I can remember thinking that after that game, like this is, this is going to be a long season. So the Sandejo stuff. Uh, fits really good in the Steelers, especially because I I totally forgot that Deshaun Watson got flagged. For too <laughs> I'm with Phil. I'm on the PJ Walker pass because I think they had run the ball for like six yards a carry that game, and it was like third and four. You run it, and either you get it, or you can punt, or you can try on fourth down and run it again and get. You know, there were so many other options, and just and also just kind of dumb luck that it doinked off somebody's helmet. All right, moving on. How about we hand out some grades? Just like in school, we're going A for good, F is the worst. I want to confuse you guys with a scale. How about (laughs) Jerome Ford? 813 yards rushing, 319 yards receiving, four touchdowns this year. What would you grade Jerome Ford on for the season? I'd give him a solid B, only because I thought the only time I was going to see that guy was on third down, possibly, and returning kicks. That's it. And I think he was underrated. Like, I didn't realize he had that extra gear. There were a few times he broke free and outran everybody. And I think that was early in the season. I'm like, oh, this this guy can this guy can do it. I don't think it sucks that Kareem Hunt kind of vultured all his touchdowns this year. But Jerome Ford was so underrated because you lost the best player on this roster uh, very early in the year. He flashed speed. He flashed power. Ultimately, he impressed me this year. And I was like, man, like, th- this, this is pretty great. So I think... A B to a B plus only because like a guy never like maybe that guy has 200 yards all purpose this year if Nick Chubb stayed healthy, but he carried the load. So it'll be B solid B. I like the grade of B for um, what he is. He's a, he's a backup and a young back though, a young back that got way more reps than anticipated this season. And maybe that kind of accelerates his growth a bit. And we see something out of that guy. Cause he did, he did flash at times. He kind of disappeared at the end of the season, but I guess our entire running game did because Joe Flacco just threw the ball 50 times a game. But but still, like he he did disappear at the end of the season, and that's a concern. But I'm pretty sure the stats that that you guys just rattled off, the only running back in recent history to best those is Nick Chubb. So um, Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so over 11 Trent Richardson <laughs> didn't have that kind of year, I don't think. <laughs> Negative yards rushing every play. Thanks, Trent. Um, no, uh, so I, I give him a B as well. It would be great if next year he ended up being the backup running back again. I'll go a little bit better. I'll, I'll say A minus because he did step in and he really was effective in the first half of the year. And I think it was the offensive line injuries that derailed that running game. So I, I thought he did a good job of being able to carry the load a little bit. Obviously, nowhere near what Nick Chubb would have done, but. He had a pretty good year, I think, until those offensive line injuries caught up with the whole team. Next one, Martin Emerson Jr., defensive back. 77th in the league in receptions allowed. 87th in yards per reception allowed. But 
second in coverage rating and passer rating allowed. He also had four picks this year. And when Martin Emerson hits, he means it. What grade do you give Martin Emerson? So the first round of stats, uh, quick math here. That means there's some backups that were grading higher than that guy. Yeah. 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 And um, there were definitely which, games where it felt like they were picking on him, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he was really high in what? In coverage? Coverage rating, that? no idea what that means. Right. Um, passer rating allowed, which is just what is a quarterback passer rating allowed, I guess, on plays you're involved well, in? I guess I'll just give him a grade based on the eyeball test. Here's a guy in what is second, his second year with the Browns or something like that. He's really young. Um, and of course, forced into a lot more reps as most of the team this year because of injury. Yeah, there were times where like, all right, this guy's just getting cooked, man. Like someone helped this guy out. And then other games where he was kind of a ball hawk and around, you know, like you said, like he was making good plays. So I'm going to give him a T for nice try. No, I'll give him a, uh, <laughs> I'll give him I'll give him a B minus. I, I feel like from game to game, there was more good than bad out of that guy. I don't like those stats you rattled off, though. That sounds terrible. I think those stats clouded your judgment. Martin Emerson was a third round draft pick, correct? I believe he was a third rounder. Pretty sure. Could be fifth, could be second. I'm pretty sure he's a third rounder. Not first, because we don't have any of those. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, next year. We'll um, <laughs> the only stat that I remember about Martin Emerson Jr. after this year is that he gave up zero touchdowns. Yep, uh, that guy yep. is a young quarterback who is going to develop into a number one. Like he is going to rival Denzel Ward as a cornerback, I think. Um, okay. From what I saw, I thought that guy made a huge leap this year. Um, and again, like that's the only stat I really remember. I don't care about his his grade or whatever like that, but I don't remember him getting picked on that much. I only remember one cornerback on the secondary getting picked on and having some glaring deficiencies at times. Uh, but but to me, Emerson is is a guy that will continue to grow into a secondary that that got a little bit better this year, even with some of the injuries. But but to me, if I'm going to grade him, he's a B plus to A minus. Uh, and I think he is going to surprise you. Like he, I think if you ask me like, who's going to break out like you did this year. And I said, Grant Delpit to, to me, it's, it's him next year. I think he's going to be a stud. Chuck just jumped ahead to next July. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd put him at about a C plus. I wish I could remember the game where he got picked on. I tried to look it up uh, when I was getting ready for the show tonight and I just couldn't find it, but there was definitely a game where, they were throwing at him consistently. He he plays, man. He hits. The, the no touchdown thing is fantastic. That's a that's a great stat for him. And he's young, and and he'll be better. But this year, maybe not so much. All right, season MVB, your most valuable Brown for the entire season. Miles Garrett, forty-two tackles, fourteen sacks, fifty-eight total pressures, four forced fumbles. Next one, Amari Cooper. 72 receptions, 1,250 yards, five touchdowns. Next one, who else? Joe Flacco. In only six games, counting the playoff game, he had 1,616 yards, which is a weird set of numbers, 13 touchdowns, and let's be fair, he probably saved the Brown season at the end. Next one, Kevin Stefanski, 11-6, and six, second playoff appearance in four years, 38-32 and 32 now as the head coach, did not call a single double reverse on the goal line this entire season. <laughs> Honorable mention, Amani Bates. On November 11th, the same weekend as the Browns, big win over the Ravens, Bates had 29-6 and six oh, against the Wisconsin Herd for the charge. 
So who's your full season Cleveland MVB? Like all those names except Imani Bates. <laughs> so <laughs> when we did this during the year, we kind of always swept away like who the overall guy, like we can always say it's probably Miles Garrett here. Like he he was the, the best player on the best defense in the NFL for quite some time. And, and the fact that people have to, to scheme and double team him more than anything. And he still was able to get to the quarterback. And even though he faded towards the end of the year, which is understandable, I think that's the, the obvious choice, but I'm not going to go that way. <laughs> I'm not even going to take a guy you listed. And this is, you know, for me, it's weird. I'm, I'm going to, and I'm going to say Dustin Hopkins Whoa. because with, because without him, uh, they're not even sniffing the playoffs. He won four games this year with field goals in the final minute or the drive of the game, the Niners, the Ravens, the Steelers, the bears, the win over the Colts could have gone much differently. He hit four field goals, including three from 50 plus. And if it wasn't for that injury, the hamstring injury on the final three weeks, he probably would have passed Jim Brown uh, for the most points scored in a single season in franchise history. And that's not nothing. And the biggest thing here is I say fuck kickers all the time and I hate fuck kickers. But, but the truth is this franchise has been looking for one for over a decade and they have one. And next year might all go to shit and I might hate them. But they're not in the position, like I could say that about Joe Flacco, they're not in the position they were unless this guy played for the team this year. So while Miles Garrett is the obvious choice and probably should be, I'm going to give the kicker some love, which is so f***ing against yeah. the grade for me. But the truth is, once I started looking back, like they don't win those four games without them. And if they don't win those four games, they're not a playoff team. How can I possibly follow that up? Should I go Bajorquez, the punter? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, wait till no. next year on fantasy. He's the guy you want. There's <laughs> a lot of punt yards. You can't go wrong with Miles Garrett as your answer. And you didn't even list the one the one uh, vertical leap over the offensive line to block a kick. It was the most That's amazing yeah. play of the yeah. year. As you know, close to my own heart, the best ability is often availability. And in a year where everyone got hurt, we had three studs play in 16 games. And let's be honest, there were only 16 games this year. That 17th game didn't count. They sat everybody, right? Yeah. Yep. So three studs played in 16 games this year, and that was David Njoku, JOK, and Miles Garrett. And without those three guys, Hopkins wouldn't have been able to line up for any That's of those true. tricks that Chuck was saying, you know? <laughs> so off your list. Yeah, what about I, the I, holder? Yeah. yeah. Hopkins would have gotten none of those field goals if the, the holder wasn't there to catch that ball. I, I feel compelled to give this to either JOK or Njoku, even though they weren't on your list, because those were the guys that we're hoping would make this leap. And they did. They yep. finally did. I'm going to lead towards JOK um, because he broke a hundred tackles. He had 101 tackles in this season and he was all over the place. There's some stat. There's so many stats now. It's crazy. Yeah. There's some stats where they track actually uh, tackles behind the line of scrimmage. And he had like 23 out of his hundred tackles. League, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. That's not the linebackers of the same old Browns that would lead the team in tackles, but it was 10 yards downfield every season. And there's a laundry list of those guys. So I'm going to give it to JOK, 16 games, and he played the way we wanted to see that guy play all season. I'm going to go with Miles Garrett, best player no. on the best defense. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I, agree with, I agree with you guys. You know what it really yeah. was? It's tough. And, it, and it's yeah. difficult maybe for the first time that we've been fans in forever. It's hard to pin something like that down because you're right, Njoku – was amazing this year. JOK, I think, made that leap. And I think there's more to come next year. Like, JOK is a really exciting guy to watch. You know, I didn't do a most improved. Maybe I should have. But there's a lot of 
a lot of guys out there. And Amari Cooper had 1,200 yards this year, yeah. man. Like, he got, best, the guy was best great. Season so, of his of his whole career. Yeah. 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 Which is insane. Yeah. A lot of good things and a lot of good players who made a big impact for the Browns. Let's look ahead a little bit to next season because obviously one of the big question marks that comes out of last season that's still going to be there next season is Deshaun Watson. So scale of one to five, one being your life depends on me dunking on a nine foot hoop, five being your life depends on me waking up first on any morning of the trip. (laughs) How confident are you in Deshaun Watson for next season? I'm going to put it closer to you getting up first. I'm going to say a three um, on that scale. I'm more confident going into next season than I was coming into this season. Oddly enough. I'm interested to see how, how your ups are to get on that, that nine foot. You're as good <laughs> as dead chief. <laughs> um, I'm confident. I guess that we're having the same conversations we've had for the last three seasons with with Deshaun Watson that that's that's all I know is that are we going to talk about rust are we going to talk about the play calling that's what worries me the most um I think they've done a nice job publicly kind of stating that this is we're, we're building around him we're bringing in new coaches that fit his talent we'll probably sign free agents that will help him we're draft guys that will help him They've been going all in since they made that trade, I guess, right? Or they signed him, basically. That that's that's what it feels like. But this feels like the first season, at least heading into it, where we're actually going to see it either on paper or on the field, that you want him to be the player that he was. And I'm never gonna be sure of that because it's been so limited, whether it's by injury or by suspension. So I don't know if you can get up to that nine foot. I I, I think you might you might be able to graze the rim uh, on your best day. I think you could probably just touch it on your best day. Is there you a did, trampoline involved? You did strength shoes, my man. That's all I torn know. torn Achilles. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. Uh, so Achilles. it fills at a three. I'm probably going to be at like a two and a half, only because it's just innate in us and Browns fans to go. It's 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 going to fall apart somewhere somehow some way. I want to thank you because you're you're leading us you're leading us nicely, Chucky. I'm oh, actually going to go to the four end. Um, I am confident, man. I, I went back through so many of those early games to read recaps and look at the numbers to get ready for tonight. He had pretty solid numbers in every game where he played a substantial amount of time, and he was great in that Baltimore game in Baltimore. Uh, I think we're more likely to see that than than anything else, and I do think you're right that they're building a team or they're building a scheme around him now that, that's going to that's gonna benefit him in the long run. So this is what I mean, Mike, you're, you're leading us into it, Chucky. When it's all said and done season in the books, what do you think of this organization top to bottom management, ownership, players, coaches, staff, whatever it is, top to bottom. What do you think about the Cleveland Browns right now? I think I said this a few weeks ago. This is this past season was one of my favorite seasons since 1999 if not my favorite season just because what it what it looked like and how they overcame it maybe this team has an identity which i don't know if they've ever had since 1999 Uh, and now we know what it's going to be moving forward it's just sean watson and everything we can do to help him win that's great the big players took steps forward whether they were jok or miles garrett even who we know is a stud but the biggest step forward was probably Kevin Stefanski, uh, a guy who focused on the next game, hearing him talk after game saying, 
we need to be one and oh like he he became a real leader in my eyes this year for somebody that questioned him last year or the year before that how do i feel with the browns it's always like a hope springs eternal thing i feel really good but i know in the back of my mind like it's gonna be a tougher schedule next year you ask they have no draft picks you son of a bitch they have cap problems you dumb but anyway it's the best i felt about this team god maybe since the the baker year playoff run and they were going into there like i mean that was the only joy we've had really since 1999 was that season and the the next one coming up so i feel pretty good i don't know if i need to give it a grade or a number or anything like that but like but like ultimately this is the most confident i've been in this franchise from the top down if i'm eliminating ownership because you know how much we love that dude like it's the most confident i've been that they're aligned as a coaching staff they're aligned when it comes to a front office uh, and other than the marketing and Phil getting that poor jacket, like they could be better with the giveaways. But overall, like the experience of being a Browns fan today is a lot better than it was five years ago and 10 years ago. So I'm feeling pretty good. Better at the giveaways is a way better problem to have than, you know, <laughs> right. need I'm to nitpick- get better at picking the quarterback. <laughs> nitpicky. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll go on record right now and say that they can go ahead and give me nothing every year if they just keep winning. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I don't Save need my socks. satin jacket yeah. money for the quarterback. I don't need socks or, or scarves or see-through satin jackets. Just keep winning. Um, I feel really good about where this team is right now and where it's going. Uh, not entirely from the top down. I agree with Chuck. Like I'm I'm always a little worried about this ownership. I I, I don't know what their role was in the in the turning over the entire offensive coaching room after a 11 win season in a season where they shouldn't have won probably five games. But so that's a discussion for another day, I guess. But I like that, you know, from Barry to Stefanski to the players on the field, to the core of this team, I feel really good. And this, this comes off as cliche, but whatever culture it was, they were trying to develop. They did it. They did it this year. So now they have to continue that. The best part about this year as a franchise, as a fan base, whatever it is, is there, there's no more excuses. You can't say we can't win football games in the NFL because we lose a Nick Chubb or because we lose a Deshaun Watson or because we lose all of our offensive linemen. They did it. They did it. So that says a lot for this team and this franchise. And I feel really good going forward and just hoping that we can keep some more of our talent on the field and and see what this next, you know, what is it, another four years with Deshaun or whatever it is. Let's Let's make this a winning, a winning team year in and year out. I like to end this on a high note. I'm glad. Um, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about it too. I do think that they have finally gotten the front office and the coaches on the same page and and working together. And you, I think you see the fruits of that coming up. You know what I mean? Like you see the JOK, the Njoku, um, these guys that they've drafted, Martin Emerson, um, you know Grant Delpit, who we didn't even mention tonight. You know, you, you're starting to see these guys flourish and starting to say, okay, the front office knows who to go after. The coaching staff knows how to use these guys and get them trained up and taught up for what they want them to do. That is what a winning culture is, I think. And, and that, it, for the first time, at least since 1988, uh, it feels like this. that's where the organization is. And that's a hell of a place to be, even after a season that ended in disappointing fashion, that's a nice place to be. So we are going to close the book on the Browns there. We might go like a week without talking about them. We'll see, but we're going to take our first break, (laughs) come back and we're going to start reading up on the Super Bowl.
Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We're going to open the book on the Super Bowl. This is the game we have been waiting for since September. It is finally our chance to talk Super Bowl. 49ers and Chiefs are back again for a rematch of Super Bowl 54. This time in Super Bowl 58 is what I think all those Roman numerals mean. Is there a player or matchup you are most excited to see in the game next week? I've watched a few 49ers games outside of the ones that the Browns beat them. Go Browns. Um, but I enjoy watching uh, Christian McCaffrey play. He is a absolute stud and can run the ball and can catch the ball. So like he, he to me, he's like a throwback running back. There's no doubt he can't touch the ball on. So he's the guy I'll probably single out the most because, well, I don't love Patrick Mahomes mostly because he's so fun and good and son of a bitch. And he stole our MVB. That's yeah. 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 From a matchup standpoint, I'm interested to see what is this Chiefs defense really something? You know, I I, I don't know. Like the, the the Chiefs team has always been predicated on Patrick Mahomes and the offense with Kelsey and all these other players. Can the Chiefs defense do what the Browns defense did to the San Francisco 49ers? Right? Like, can they shut down McCaffrey and Ayuk and and all these guys? I and Purdy. I don't know. Um, I'm told the Chiefs defense is playing really well these days. So I think. We'll get to see if that's true or not. <laughs> I want to see the defense against this San Fran O. Danko may be determined to ruin this segment of the show, but <laughs> I I am actually going to say that it's that Chiefs offense and it's Patrick Mahomes with really questionable weapons. Can Mahomes make something happen against a good defense? And I've said, I think, a few times over the course of the season – this offense just isn't what we're used to seeing. And what's that going to look like in the Super Bowl? Moving on. Chiefs defense has been really good throughout the playoffs, but they are a little <laughs> banged up, and no one in the AFC had an offense like Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Brock Purdy. Can the Chiefs shut down that offense? I need a more detailed outline before we start this show, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I don't. I don't think it can. I really don't. I, I know they're saying the Chiefs defense is playing well and it's it's the guys up front putting pressure on guys. I I just feel like the San Fran offense has too many weapons and this it's gonna turn into more of a which offense has the ball last kind of game. And like you said, Gerbs, the Chiefs offense hasn't been all that great of late. So I don't know. I worry about that. I don't I don't I don't think the, the Chiefs defense can stop San Francisco's offense. Same. I think it's just AFC propaganda with the chiefs for us. Cause we're in the same, <laughs> we're in the same coverage. That Niners team is loaded. And as good as that chiefs defense has been this year, at least statistically, uh, I, I don't see how you can stop it. Cause if you stop Debo, Hey, there's Ayuk. If you stop Ayuk, Hey, there's Kittle. Like all the guys are listening. If you stop uh, CMC, like the fullback might catch a touchdown because he has like two or three this year. And he's probably a good player for DraftKings If you're doing a lineup, by the way, uh, I don't see how anybody, unless they were the Cleveland Browns, stopped this lineup. I agree. Uh, I don't know if the Chiefs' defense ran into anybody like this. And the reason is is because this has been the best team in the NFL all season long. And although I love that Browns win, there is an argument to be made that uh, Debo Samuel got hurt in that game, Christian yeah. McCaffrey got hurt in that game, and then yeah. all of a sudden San Francisco couldn't do anything. So <laughs> um, maybe that's the strategy, although nobody's going to you know put that out there that you want to actually hurt somebody. But tough to slow these guys down. Brock Purdy is 
good enough and and maybe is really good and, and can find these guys, make plays. Shanahan's a great coach for the offense, blah, blah, blah. Going to be really, really tough to slow, slow that offense down. If you had to decide the Super Bowl winner based on food, Kansas City, well-known for barbecue and pan-fried chicken, San Francisco, well-known for Chipino, a seafood stew. Word to the wise, never order amusement park Chipino. San Francisco, <laughs> also known for sourdough bread and Dungeness crab. So if you had to pick the winner based on food, where are you going? And Chuck, I think I'm willing to bet one of my kids I know where you're going. <laughs> yes, so you can yeah, go man. first. <laughs> uh, not only that, if you've, if you've been in, in or around me for like the last six months, I have been saying, man, I could really go for some great barbecue because there's not a lot here uh, in, oh. in my region where I live. There's some good ones, but it's one of those things like they're open for lunch and once the food's gone, it's gone kind of place. Uh, so if it's just strictly food, uh, for sure, Kansas City. I, I'm not a big seafood guy. What was what? What did you? Capino. Capino. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. It's an Italian thing. You guys should know this. I'm, ha- I'm only half Italian. So I really, really like seafood and I really, really like barbecue so to choose the winner based on food alone i feel like there's better seafood options in the world than san francisco there's a short list of better barbecue options yeah. in kansas city so i'm gonna go with kansas city and their barbecue i'm a really big seafood fan but i i'm not a big stew fan like i'm sorry you're ruining the seafood <laughs> when you start mixing it into a soup i don't want that a Dungeness crab just looks like a like a silver dollar on like a bed of rice. I had to look up pictures of it because I didn't know what it was. So I'm I'm a thousand percent in on Kansas City for this one, undefeated food wise at least in this game. All right, back to some real football talk. Which coach gets the bigger boost for winning this Super Bowl? Andy Reid would have his third title in five Super Bowl appearances. It would tie him for third all time, and he would only be behind Bill Belichick and Chuck Knoll. Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers coach, he's got that team to three division titles and two NFC championships in like a five- or six-year period, but he can never seem to win the big one. So whose reputation or legacy or whatever you want to call it benefits the most from a win in this year's Super Bowl? It's a really good question because on one hand, you've got Andy Reid, who would put himself on the Mount Rushmore, so to speak, right, of of Super Bowl winning coaches with his third. And it's so hard. I mean, there's a short list of anyone who has one or more, uh, and Shanahan would would join that group. Uh, and that might go well for a a, a, a younger coach. Although, I, you know, I don't – if he loses it this year, I don't – they're not owned by the Haslams, are they? Last I checked. So that he's not getting canned. <laughs> so, so if he loses the Super Bowl, I don't think he's getting canned. So I think I think the bigger boost up into another football echelon might be the Andy Reid thing because it would be his third. I'll go the other way. Uh, a young coach with a really talented team who's been there before but hasn't won it uh, and wins it. Either way, however you're going to talk about Brock Purdy, wins it with a game manager that hasn't happened since the Ravens probably did it with Trent Dilfer. I think he gets the boost, plus the legacy thing there. His old man probably, I'm assuming his old man won one in Denver, probably, right? 
I yeah. Assume. Yeah, so, the Terrell Davis team. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so for me, it, it's it's him, a younger coach, a younger quarterback, a loaded team that I don't think has cap issues. Uh, that can maybe go on a, a, a big run here because they seem to have been around this championship game into the Super Bowl for the last couple of years. So for him, maybe it's the start of the run that he gets on the like the walrus does where he might get two or three. I think it's Reed because he's definitely near the end of his coaching career. I mean, maybe he's got five years left and that might be pushing it. And if he wins this one, he's at three. And he still has Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback for a long time. And all of a sudden, four and five in the next five years doesn't sound that improbable. If he's tied with Noel or ahead of Noel, he's definitely considered the second best coach ever at that point. You know, Chuck Noel won those Super Bowls when the league was so much different and you kept all your players that whole time. It's nothing like what Belichick and, and what Reed have had to do in like a modern NFL. So I, I think it's Reed, man. That guy had had a lot of years where people thought he was the guy that couldn't win the big game. And, and he, you get a third Super Bowl title. Nobody can say that anymore. Man, all that stuff's in the rearview mirror. Moving on. In the last 10 years, five Super Bowls have been decided by less than a touchdown. Five Super Bowls have been decided by more than a touchdown. Which way do you think this year's Super Bowl is going to break? I prefer the games when it's decided by less than a touchdown because my Browns are never in this game. So <laughs> I just want to see a good one. Um, but I, I I don't know. I have a feeling this year it's going to be decided by more than a touchdown. So I'm, I'm going that way. Same. I think it's more than a touchdown. You're indoors. You have two pretty explosive offenses that can get into a shootout. But I, I, I still think that it's it's going to be more than seven. It's tough, man, because I'm I'm so thrown by my lack of confidence in Kansas City's offense, which maybe is really stupid because Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. So I, I actually think this will be fairly close. I think this one will be less than a touchdown in the end for this game. Now, over under is 47 and a half. Which way are you going? Over. Over. The 49ers will cover 80% of that, those points. So why why do you think Vegas doesn't see this as a shootout? Because 47 and a half is not a a shootout line by any means. That's not a game where they think both teams are going to put up a ton of points and it's going to be reasonably close. 47 is not like it's a, a small number to me, I guess, maybe because we will watch the Browns this, this season. And I, and I know we're going to talk about a bet coming up. And, and the reason that I would take the over is – legitimately because it's indoors and you have teams that can score in bunches. We saw a little over a week ago that 49er team come back from 24 down very quickly. And then I'm talking on the other side, the best quarterback in the NFL weapons or not. Uh, and, and when your weapon, all of a sudden Travis Kelsey has been phenomenal in this playoff run where he kind of disappeared for the last five to six weeks of the season. So, um, I think 40, man, I'm not like, I'm bad at betting. Obviously I love to bet, but I'm bad at, I think like, like I would drool over the 47 number and say the, the over seems so attainable only because you're talking about these offenses and you're talking about it being indoors. I think what drags this number down is your concern, Gerbs, the chiefs offense. Like it, can they put up the points we, we have grown used to from the chiefs offense because the 49ers are going to do their part. I mean, they were in a 65-point game last week. <laughs> like, they scored yeah. 27 points in the second half. I think that's what Vegas is looking at. Maybe they're 
but but then of course the spread is only a point and a half, right? Like they're given it's two, yeah, or two or two at the most. Yeah. So I, that I don't know. Vegas never loses. I, they're so much smarter than I am. They're probably there's probably going to be forty eight points scored in this game, and I'll maybe I'll eke out the over if I go that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because I think if you look at it, like a blowout game could be thirty to ten, and you're mm. under. Kansas City is going to struggle to stop the 49ers, but are the 49ers putting up 35 points in this game? I don't know about that either. Like this feels to me like a like a 28-24 type of game and you're right around that you're right around that number. So, we'll see. I don't know. Vegas way smarter than us, way better than us at this. As Phil alluded to, 49ers favored slightly, giving up 2 points. Who's winning? the Super Bowl and why uh, I think me and Phil have been talking about we both kind of around the 49 we all been talking about we like the 49ers why are they winning it even though the, the Chiefs defense is much improved um, not really against the run and possibly the most dynamic running back in the NFL plays for the San Francisco 49ers I've watched games where he has McCaffrey has done nothing in the first half and then he has two touchdowns in the second half and it's 80 yards rushing and 90 yards receiving he is a disgusting weapon for Brock Purdy to have. Plus, they have two really great skill position guys and wide receiver. I, I and their defense is lights out. Like I can see either defense scoring a touchdown here, but uh, to me, the the Niners on pay, man, that's why the NFL sucks. On paper, <laughs> the 49ers <laughs> uh, should win this game. It's unfortunate that I have to say, not unfortunate, that the best quarterback in the NFL plays for the other team. And whether he has skill position guys or not, they're going to score points. But still, the Niners, the Niners win this game, right? Am I wrong? You are not wrong. Uh, the Niners win. They cover. The spread could be twice that. I think. I it. Oh wow! So you think this, this is a blowout? Uh, no, just they'll win by more than four. So you're right. I think what's lost in all this discussion is. Let's not forget the San Francisco 49ers defense is pretty good yeah. too. Right? Like yeah. they're yeah. really solid. And yeah, Chuck's right. The best quarterback plays for the Chiefs. And we know that can make a huge difference in any NFL game. Like the best quarterback could could will that team to win. But the 49ers offense has so many weapons. If the Chiefs cue on McCaffrey and the running game, you've got Samuel and Ayuk and oh let's not forget also Kittle at tight end you know yeah. I mean Travis Kelsey-esque type tight end um, on the other side so I just I feel like the 49ers much like last week against our beloved Detroit Lions the 49ers could be down by double scores early in this game and it's not over whereas the Chiefs are down by double scores early in this game I think it's over if you listen to this show with any regularity I would recommend putting all your money on the Kansas City Chiefs because I am also <laughs> picking right. the 49ers yep. to win yep. this game. <laughs> like Denko hit on it. I think the 49ers have a good defense. I just can't imagine the Chiefs are going to be able to put up points to compete with that 49ers offense without there being any weapons for Mahomes to get the ball to. I mean, they won that game against Baltimore 17-10 to and scored three points in the second half and had multiple turnovers that they got from the Ravens. The Chiefs three years ago would have scored 40 in that game with, with those type of opportunities. It's not the same team. I just don't think they have it. I think uh, the 49ers have been the best team in the NFL 
every week of the season except for one. Uh, and this no will not be number two. So I'm going with the 49ers too. I highly recommend everybody put their money <laughs> on the other side yes. under and chiefs <laughs> if you want to make some money all right we are going to end this segment there uh we're going to take our final break we're going to come back and talk gambling and some fun stuff around the super bowl welcome back fellas to our final segment we'll hit the book take our look at super bowl prop bets welcome to from the land, let's hear it for the boys losing their money. Our annual look at prop betting for the Super Bowl. Let's start where else? Taylor Swift. Where are you putting your money? Will Taylor Swift be shown during the national anthem? Yes, plus 100. No, minus 140. Man, I, I like the thought that during a lengthy national anthem, they pan to whatever... I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. No, 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 no. I don't Who's singing the national anthem? Is it Reba uh, this year? Taylor oh. Swift. <laughs> <laughs> if it's Reba, no, I still think it's no. It's disrespectful to Reba. And usually the only thing you're seeing is, well, even though it's in, indoors, like you're going to see some sort of flyover at some point. You'll probably see a coach. They'll, they'll zoom in on some player who's crying. So no way you see Taylor Swift. All right. Next one. Will Taylor Swift be videoed during the game mouthing a curse word? Yes, plus 300, <laughs> no, minus 500. No. I mean, I'm only going back to last week when, or the week before when Phil said she mouthed I love you, and I somehow missed that. Uh, there's, there's no way. She's too clean and squeaky, and I love her too much for her to use potty mouth language during the Super Bowl. <laughs> We all know Taylor loves to drop the F-bomb. She puts it in her songs. She's really good at <laughs> yeah. it. Like she's really good at it. But I, I'm gonna go no as well. I, I don't think uh I don't think we get video footage of any profanity out of Taylor Swift. I'm gonna go yes. Just she might have a reaction to a big play or something like that. Holy shit, or something like that. Not even like real good curse words. I don't think we're getting a cut out of her. I don't think that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> all right. So what will happen first? Either team scores a touchdown, plus 110, or a live shot of Taylor Swift, minus 150. So what's going to happen first, scoring a touchdown by anybody or a live shot of Taylor Swift? This is hard to bet on because I – is there going to be an overcorrection here? Who who has a Super Bowl? What network has a Super Bowl? Is it NBC? CBS or NBC? CBS? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, one it's, NBC. it's NBC probably. That's right. one of those. Because if it was CBS with those two guys in the booth – we're seeing Taylor all the game, all, all the time. So NBC, um, before a touchdown scored, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say we see a touchdown before we see Taylor. Wait, wait a minute. Does the national anthem count? Because I already said that we would see her during that. <laughs> I'm um, betting against my bets. It wasn't that specific. Yeah, I think you hedging are. Him, you're hedging. You're hedging, you're hedging. Uh, <laughs> I suck at this. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to see her before any points are scored, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal. There is no bigger star on the planet, and any network wants to put her face right there because obviously she is bringing a different demographic to the NFL during the season. Not that she, they need help during the Super Bowl, but I think you see Taylor twice before somebody scores. Wow. Yeah. Last one, the big one. Will Travis Kelsey propose after the game? Yes, 
plus 1060, no, minus 3000. <laughs> if he's smart, even if he doesn't follow through and, you know, like they don't set a date, uh, it's a yes. It's got to be a yes. It's, it's a, well, shit, that would mean the Chiefs would win, which would hedge my other bets. Uh, <laughs> See? That's exactly what I'm <laughs> saying. That, that, was, that is exactly how I thought of this bet. Like, how dumb is he going to look if he proposes yeah, to her after couldn't. they lose? <laughs> yeah. I, well, then I got to say, because I'm betting the other way, I would say no, because he's not going to have the opportunity. This isn't a, a – the last time I saw a proposal live was the Boise State win in the bowl and the guy – so if they win, it'd be different. But since I'm betting against them, I'm saying, no, you're, he's he's not going to propose. No, we're not going to see that. Even if they win, we're not going to see that. Travis and Taylor, keep it classy. Keep it classy. Enough of focusing on foolish non-football stuff for the most important football game of the year. Let's get to the real important Super Bowl bets. What color will Usher's shirt be for the halftime show? <laughs> Black is plus 100. White is plus 250. Yellow is plus a thousand. Purple plus fourteen hundred. Orange plus sixteen hundred. Shocked that orange has worse odds than purple. So, what color is this shirt going to be? I, I I sense a sparkly black. So I guess I'll go with plus one hundred. Okay. Purple is my favorite color, um, mm. and I think Usher would look great in purple. I bet mm. it plays well on TV. I'm going purple. Still so high on the Browns right now that I'm going to go with you know, orange. orange. Yeah, I see a wear yeah. an orange one out there. So <laughs> it's a big payout for me, plus 1,600. It's going to make up for a lot of my losses earlier in the season. All right, how about our annual that's gross and sticky prop bet? Color of Gatorade that will be dumped on the winning coach. Now, I love you guys, and I want to help you be successful. So here is some Gatorade dump data for you. Last year's color was purple. Over the last 23 years, the top color was orange. That's 22% of the time. But recently, there's been a shift. Since 2015, it's been blue 44% of the time. In the last five years, it's been blue three times. This year, purple is plus 225, blue plus 275, yellow plus 450, orange plus 550, no bath at all, plus 4,000. What you got? Going off personal preference here, um, when I would get Gatorades, typically not because of sporting events, because of hungover events, I'm always grabbing yellow. It's a classic. A classic never dies. It's the original color, uh, and I hope it makes a come. And who likes blue or purple Gatorade? Those are Frosts or G2s, I believe. So I'm going with yellow. Well, Accidentally, I did some research on this uh, this past week. <laughs> accidentally, accidentally, no, I, totally accidentally. I, I have I learned this week that there's no less than three flavors of Gatorade that are blue. Oh, because, I like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I stock up on the Gatorade when it's on sale, and there's a. You're right, Chuck. There's a frost, and there's a blue. Yeah. This and there's a blue that. So I feel like blue is going to be it because there's probably more blue flavors than anything else. I'm going to go with blue because it's my favorite flavor of Gatorade. Which one? There's, the frost right. one. I like the frost one. I like glacier, the G2 stuff too. Glacier yeah, glacier freeze. Yeah, 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 you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a real flavor. That's a fruit <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> All right, now, for real, all this nonsense takes us away from what's really important. What's going to happen during the game? What are the coaches doing to get ready for the biggest game of the year? What type of things are we going to see go down 
during this humongous football game. Next one, will they show Andy Reid's punt pass kick video at any point during the broadcast? Yes is plus 125, no is minus 125. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. No, was he a rotund youth? I hope they don't show any pass, punt, and kick where – did he have a mustache at like five years old? Is that would be actually fantastic. Yeah, that'd be true. If he had a mustache, <laughs> that'd be great. I'm saying no. It's 100% yes. And when you guys get off the show tonight, when we're done recording, please go watch this because you're right. He's like he's like 12 and he looks like a grown ass man standing next to all these like little kids and he just crushes all of them. It's like Kramer in the karate class uh, in Seinfeld, man. It's fantastic. Oh, I can't believe you guys haven't seen it. They definitely showed it. They definitely showed it last year. All right. So during the game, let's get back to the get focus now. During the game, how many commercials will feature babies? Over or under 1.5. I'll take the over because isn't there usually some sort of investment like the stock firm that is? Market yeah, one. yeah, they've been yeah. using babies for a while. Maybe they double up and buy two this year. I'm, I'll take the over. Babies are always cool. Babies are always hot and in style. So I'll go over. Album of the year, Taylor Swift. How oh. about that? How about that? Yeah. Sorry, I, I just had a rewind no, no, to see okay. what category yeah, that was. That's awesome. So midnights uh, over two. Over one and a half. There's going to be two or at least babies. Lots of babies. All right. All three of us on the over for baby commercials. Uh, next one, during the game, will a commercial feature someone getting hit in the groin? Yes is minus 200. No is plus 110. Hmm. I'm going to say no. I think that's that's kind of played. like It's a little American's Funniest Home Videos kind of thing. I, I'm going to say no. Going yes. Because it's always funny. And it is funny. It's, it's even funnier if it's an older female. And since Betty White's no longer with us, maybe it's Carol Burnett's turn. I'm going with Carol Burnett is getting kicked oh, in the wow. during the Super Bowl. Wow. That's like plus 440 or something like that when you start picking it. the person. You're making a bet for any time hitting the groin during a commercial during the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm on yes as well. I think that's classic humor. It never gets old. Uh, people getting hit in the groin, almost always funny. Now, enough. Enough. This is a very important football game, not some giant entertainment event that is more about spectacle than the actual game. We need to talk football. Will the Super Bowl feature an octopus, which is when a player scores a touchdown and the ensuing two-point conversion? It only happened four times this entire season. Yes is plus 1,100. No is minus 6,000. Which way are you going on the octopus? <laughs> Are we betting Gerbucks? Am I still trying to catch <laughs> yeah, Phil? Yeah, because I'll yeah. take the yes then. <laughs> Give me the yes. There are some serious candidates for this, right? Like like McCaffrey, yeah, McCaffrey and Debo, would be. right? Like, yeah. However, I feel like the 49ers are going to be up by so many. They will never have to go for two in this scenario. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm a no on that one. That's It's weird that it's that rare, but it is super, super rare. So I don't think that's happening. All right, what do you like better for an anytime touchdown bet? Christian McCaffrey, minus 220, Travis Kelsey, plus 100. Well, I included them both in my parlay, so I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey, plus 100, because I stand to make some more Gerbucks. I'm just taking Christian McCaffrey, because <laughs> I'll get to it when we make our real bet, but yeah, that's easy money even at eh, odds. I think I'm on McCaffrey, too. It feels like it's inevitable that that's going to happen. So at least I'll I'll get something out of this. 
longest pass completion over under is 36 and a half. Some data. Brock Purdy was the highest completion percentage in the league last year, or this, this year, the one that just ended, on passes of more than 20 yards. He's at 69%. So he was number one. Mahomes was at 67%. So both of these guys, high completion percentages on passes over 20 yards. So you're taking the over-under on 36 and a half? Yes. Give me the over um, on either side because I don't – who is the Chiefs receiver who – bless it. Rashi Rice. Yes, thank you. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of developed into a number one. Over the Scandling? Yeah, I mean you – know, That guy seems like he has or, one big catch a week now. Or Kelsey or Jennings or Ayuk or, or Debo. So, yes, yeah. yeah, I'll take that over. I'm taking the over. I'm pretty sure if I had the stat department look at this, both of these teams – have had a reception well beyond 36 yards in their last few games. And it, the pass might've been a seven yard slant. You know, you just got yeah. guys that, that carry it down the middle of the field. So I'm going to take the over as well. Over seems like easy money on that one. That's where I am too. All right, let's move on to our first ever from the land one for all and all maybe for none. I asked you guys to each put together a single game parlay for the Super Bowl. We're each going to pitch our ideas for the parlay and see if we all can't agree on one that we're going to throw our money in on. So, Phil, this is your thing, kind of, so I'm going to let you go first. All right, so I've got follow-up questions, and you guys be honest with me. <laughs> I put together two parlays. One is the typical Phil bullshit. There's 10 layers to it. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and there's another that has four layers, which seems a little bit more responsible as a gambler before you answer wait 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 before you answer before you answer the people have spoken no no no. before you answer the 10 level parlay is plus 750 the four level parlay is plus 425 which one would you like me to go through 10 10 the 10 layers come on i don't even know why i had options jeez (laughs) all right hold on let me pull this up 10 level parlay. Are you ready? Are you ready? I am. Here it is. It is Christian McCaffrey to score a touchdown. Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. Brock Purdy and Pat Mahomes to pass for over 200 yards. Travis Kelsey to have 50 yards of receiving or more. Christian McCaffrey to have 50 yards of rushing or more. Isaiah Pacheco to have 50 yards of rushing or more. George Kittle to have 25 yards of receiving or more. Brandon Ayuk to have 50 yards of receiving or more. Brock Purdy to complete one touchdown pass. That's it. That's your okay. 10 levels. Yeah. I went through every one of those. And I'm thinking that's yeah. going to happen, right? Like, yeah, I will tell you from experience, good. it will not. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's not as many legs. Uh, starts off with the 49ers money line. Uh, the big key here is the mismatch between San Francisco's running game versus Kansas City's rush defense. Uh, by the way, running game one for uh, San Francisco, 28th for the defense. Uh, I think the 49ers efficient in the running game will kind of put Brock Purdy in a favorable spot to manage the game and route to that victory. Yeah, I know uh, the Chiefs obviously have an advantage with the most important position with Patrick Mahomes, but uh, I think the 49ers can kind of control the game on the ground. And, and having said that, I'm still going here with the second leg is that over 47 points because it feels like a low number to me, which we've talked about because it's an indoor environment. 
that Niners star-studded offense has the ability to pour in points. Mahomes can always get into a shootout, which can make it high scoring. And my last leg is the McCafferty touchdown anytime. Doesn't require much explanation. He had 25 times between regular season and playoffs. So 49ers money line, the over at 47. McCafferty touchdown anytime. That's plus 258. I feel very solid about that, but I liked Phil's bet. That 10 lager seems do it. Don't do very it. Don't interesting do it. to me. Oh, well, wait, wait, wait. Exactly. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. Hooks are in. Come on. All right. So I've got eight legs in mine, and it finishes eight? at plus 2,200. So Ooh, hear me. Oh, no. Um, Kelsey, anytime TD. Purdy, over 175 yards passing. Mahomes, over 200 yards passing. McCaffrey, over 50 yards rushing. Fred Warner, eight and a half tackles plus assists. He had eight or more 11 times this year. Uh, 49ers, first to 10 points, and over two field goals made in the first half. That gets us to 2,200. So, well, Chuck, I'll let you go first. Since Phil gave his first, what's your vote for the parlay that we should all jump into together? Yours takes a little too many chances with the field goals and the, the tackles and such. And where Parley Phil all year has convinced me I should be making longer legs instead of two or three or four. I don't think there was a leg of Phil's. There was maybe one that was somewhat questionable. Even it wasn't that bad. And I don't remember which one it was. So I'm going to dump my Gerb bucks into Phil's parlay. You know, I think I am too. It's a lot of legs, which is fun. (laughs) So sorry. (laughs) But the odds are not that like outrageous, you know, like plus 2200 is a lot. Although I do think a lot of this stuff will happen. There there are some things that went off of the regular stuff. So I, I think I'm in on Phil's too. Phil, are you ready? Yeah. You hold all of our Gerbucks in your hands. Millions of Gerbucks. I'm ready. Here, here's why I don't like yours, Gerbs. I was, I was down that path with you until the field goal thing. That's three field goals in the first half. I, I I don't know. Right? Was it? Was it over two? Yeah, it's over two. two. Yeah, yeah. So So it's three field goals. Yeah, yeah. Well, that 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 scared me. So it's probably plus like (laughs) eleven hundred when you take that one out. Here's Bill, you've got a bunch of sensible things you lined up together. Yeah, I see, think you, you got us. And you've had I, success with these this year. Nah, have I? I mean, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a, a flip time. of the coin. Yeah, I mean, a couple times. Like, it's about 50-50. I, I, these things suck me in every time because I look at this list. I'm looking at it right now, and I think, how can this not happen? Well, here's how this doesn't happen. When you start – because you don't pick a winner. You don't pick a score. All those things, doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter, right? But the specific person to score a touchdown is where you they get you every time. Yeah. And, and just the way a football game goes. But I feel like in this football game, if there's going to be touchdowns to be scored, McCaffrey's got to score one. Got yeah. To. Got yeah. to. I think it's a given. And if Taylor yeah. Swift gets in her Airwolf helicopter and gets to this game, Travis Kelsey has to score one. She He's will be to. there. She's, yeah. yeah. She will so definitely I feel like the, be there. I'm less confident on the the Kelsey touchdown. Me too. I'm less Me confident too. about that one, but um, I, I think we have a decision. We have, I mean, yeah. we have like majority rules. Yeah. We're all yeah. in. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Seven Danko, you have to send us that. So I don't know. We don't have to listen to this just <laughs> yes, to figure please. out what your thing was. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Send us that list. All right, <laughs> fellas, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that we could get plus 110 odds 
that Usher will show a nipple during the <laughs> halftime show. Yes. With that news about the worst potential halftime nip slip since Aerosmith <laughs> performed in 2001, I hope Aerosmith. you guys have a great week, and let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. Hey, What's up, Danko? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm good. <clears throat> good. My voice is not prepared for podcasting. I was gonna say, yeah, you sound sick, man. Everything all right? Yeah, I'm. I'm good. Um, this is the best it sounded in about three days, so I was a little, a uh, little wow. worried all right. going into yeah. the weekend. Like, uh -oh. I like it. You sound sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's my two pack a day voice. Um, I like that. I don't know if you just watched. They they actually went to the Sphere in Vegas to let yeah. you two play, and then do the nomination which was incredible like that place is fucking wild but um bono got the envelope from the edge and he calls him the edge he says thank you the edge and it seems so formal these guys have been in a band together for like 50 years should you just call right. him edge or e or something <laughs> like that like thank why, you the edge why, thank you the edge that sounds so stupid like why not just edge thanks edge <laughs> who knows yeah I would I need maybe some more information about that. Maybe they're in some sort of uh quarrel. <laughs> some passive aggressive bullshit. Thank you, the edge, asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sweet name, dude. Yeah. I'm sick of it. It's been yeah. 50 years. <laughs> I'm tired of this. So have you guys have you been watching any of the Grammys tonight? Some Just it, since yeah. I did not turn it on until Zach Bryan lost his. Oh. Did you he see won uh, something else though? He won for. Did he win one? Yeah, the song with Casey Musgraves won. Oh yeah. I don't know if it was best song or whatever, but yeah, or single, but it won. Did you see Miley perform? No, I saw her win. Oh man, she was. was it, good? Uh, it was good. Yeah, it well. was good, and she was like channeling like um, like if you've seen her at all tonight, like she's got like giant hair. Yeah, she's and great. she is definitely like channeling like a like an seventies, eighties, like Tina Turner vibe or something like that. Man, nice. it was yeah. it was if, good. Um, and she 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 sang "Flowers," which I think is an album that we we reviewed at some point, right? When that album came have, out, didn't we talk about Miley? I think we talked I mean, about the song, the song, maybe, but not the, the album. Oh, okay. And then she broke into something at the end. And I, I thought for sure she was going to start doing, um, what is the really famous Tina Turner song? The one that maybe, um, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought she was going to go into, and I was, yeah. holy shit, this is going to be wild. She was good, man. She um, is, I, she gets a, well, she gets a bad rap because she's been a star for so long from when she was little, but she's supremely talented. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that is, you, that's like, a I've, big fucking voice, man. Yeah, I fell down like a rabbit hole on YouTube a while ago of her doing live stuff. Mm. And I think she's she wants to be like Deborah Harry. Like she's the lead singer of Blondie. She yeah. like um, she does covers, a great cover like, of Light, like a, pra covers a cover awesome. of Like yeah. a Prayer. And it's yeah. phenomenal. I have a playlist of just Miley yeah. Cyrus she's covers. She's really, yeah. She, I, it's I'm really big, good. I'm a big Miley she covers fan. everything from 
like Joan Jet, like you would expect, but all the way through Metallica and all yeah. sorts of stuff. It's it's yeah. really good. And Dolly, bless her heart, never should touch a rock and roll song again <laughs> as long as she, she lives. She wasn't nominated. Jesus, <laughs> Not oh, best man. Album? Every time something spot pops up on some Spotify list I have, because I'm, you know, we've talked enough about oh, yeah. Dolly in front of my phone that it, it populates with that kind of stuff. It's so bad. Like the rock songs that she did, oh, everything Awful. is, everything is really bad. I hate to say that for Dolly. Cause I would, you know, I'll, I'll I think I have nine to five on like one of my running playlists um that song yeah. really gets me going man. It's a great song it's a great song yeah. man yeah. high energy um yeah exactly yeah that's all i'm looking for so you've been watching since it went on curbs on tv no it was the weirdest oh. fucking thing like i had um i was up here getting ready for the show and had that clippers heat game was on mm -hmm. and um i kept seeing like awards being given out for the grammys and i looked it up and said it was starting at five what the fuck is this thing starting at five? What's going on here? <laughs> but I don't like, I don't think it really was. Like, I don't think it started until like eight. And I, I don't know. I turned it on a few they, minutes before. Uh, they did the entire hip hop category off air. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah, it's like 1990 what? again. And, 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 the, and these, and the, well, no, but they did like the rock album awards off air too, yeah. I think. And like the, like the winners of the rock album, I was looking at it, scrolling through on Twitter. The winners of the rock albums are, like i've never heard of any of these people really i find it really hard to believe that like you know we i feel like we talk about music a bunch man how the fuck are we missing like I'll look up who won like whole category yeah i i saw that even I got who the, was nominated i got the clip that killer mike swept all the hip-hop yeah, and then he got arrested like, yeah. at like 5 30 though i was like what the fuck yeah they <laughs> took him out in handcuffs for some reason did they really <laughs> oh they did? See, that's <laughs> yeah see? I don't know why. Oh, that's like a that's he like Snoop, right? Didn't albums. Snoop yeah, exactly. like sneak out of like the MTV yeah. Music Awards yeah. or something like that, so he didn't get arrested. Can't argue Travis, with Travis uh, couldn't make it though, right? <clears throat> I think he chose not to. I think he probably could have. I don't know. He could have I mean, flown out. I'm I'm sure this is like an off day for them, and then they start cranking again tomorrow. Um, I got, but it, man. but it wouldn't have looked great. Yeah, but if if she makes the Super Bowl, I'm just saying, after time <laughs> traveling from Japan to get to the Super Bowl somehow, I mean that's a lot of heavy lifting on Taylor's part, right? No, man, she is. They're gonna helicopter her out of the arena, directly into the world's <laughs> fastest airplane. They're gonna fly there. She's gonna land Thanks, in yeah. Vegas at like <laughs> two in the afternoon, get to sleep for like four hours, and then and then get over to the game. She's on. Space yacht would be way too slow. You don't yeah. take the space yacht for a trip like that. Space yacht, is when you really like just want to Airwolf or uh, Airwolf yes. or Blue Thunder. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Airwolf for sure. Airwolf way faster than Blue Thunder. That's, yeah, that's hilarious. True. I never even thought. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought us to hoops because we picked a yeah. heck of a week to no not talk shit. any basketball. So Cavs did it, four and zero. Beat the Clippers, survived the Pistons, snuck out a win in Memphis on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, yeah. uh, and then went ahead and steamrolled San Antonio. Everyone is back. The team is at full strength. They're 31-16. and 16. They're third in the East. Shit is awesome 
right now for the Cavs. Yes. So yes. scale of one to five, one being no Gerber, five being the full Gerber. How excited are you about the game Evan Mobley put together in San Antonio? 28 points, 10 rebounds, shot 73% from the field, including three from three from three point land. You guys can just talk. We're on a break, but I've got that's some a full Gerber, questions. man. Like, cause a I full, correct yeah, me, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but JA still had his double double. Like, it didn't take away from Allen's yeah. stat line. Yeah. yeah, yeah, full Gerber. I don't know what that means. Uh, last time anybody saw it was Terse's that's, counter. That's what I was, that's what I was ask. <laughs> no. Is that the full Gerber? It means the full Gerber? No, the last time I think I nah, saw it. Was, it was way I more wins. recent. Yeah, I think I the last say, time I, I saw it I was a, a bar. I had a view from an angle from below as you descended the staircase. <laughs> yes, that was I, the last time. Oh. <laughs> no, I actually think it was, well, Chuck, I don't think you weren't there, but it might have been Terse's bachelor party in Chicago. I think at one point I rolled through the hallway like that just to uh, yeah. garner laughter, but I, what I meant by full Gerber was just as excited yes. as possible for something because he was, he was unreal. He's actually looked really good every game this week, even in the limited time he's been out there. Yeah. He did like that first game back. He had like a couple like weird <laughs> travels and stuff like that. That's just, you know, not being out there for so long, but uh, I've never seen him so effortlessly shoot three pointers. That that has so never been that a thing, be, right? Yeah, that's what we and need out of that guy. Jesus, are they scary? If he's playing <laughs> like that, man, yeah, um, Slim Reaper, let's do it. Oh no, it's a terrible yeah. nickname. Kevin Durant, that's Kevin Durant. He played oh, like thought, Kevin Durant. I thought Slim Reaper was the wide receiver that came out of uh, Alabama and uh, CD Lamb plays for the Eagles now. <laughs> oh, Devontae. No, Devontae Smith? Smith. Yeah, they called him the Slim Reaper. They did. It's multiple Slim Reapers. Yeah, there's a lot of Slim Reapers, apparently. It's the only nickname you can come up with when somebody's skinny. (laughs) (laughs) What what else do you think about this week for the Cavs? Because it really was a a good week. I like how the game that was already decided last night ended in a fight. I like that that Mitchell said, nope, we're not – I'm not putting up with this bullshit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean – it was decided he didn't have to do that, but I like that they're they're not only they're playing well, but this team is starting to impose its will a little bit on these teams. So we'll see how that goes. And and the Clippers win was huge, right? Like that's yeah, that's a yeah. legit team. Yeah, one of the best in the West at full strength. And the Cavs won that game. I really loved Okoro this week, mm-hmm. especially yeah. against the Clippers because he basically guarded <clears throat> Harden and Kawhi and Paul George during stretches. And he had some offense too, which is, I guess, going to be like the icing with him. Like if he's going to score a little bit, okay, cool. But he is playing all world fucking defense. And I said that last week. Um, I like point guard Donovan Mitchell. I like how he shares the ball. Yeah. Um, especially, I, I know it's going to take a while for Garland to get kind of back in a groove, but he was like, I get it. There are some, some stupid turnovers. Um and just some dumb shit, but I think it was was Thursday was the Grizzlies, right? Because they yeah. were kind of like the defensive ever kind of carried them to win that game in the second, but they they were so fucking lifeless. And that's why you need a fucking superstar man who can carry yep. the team. Mm-hmm. Because yep. role players are great, right? They're gonna they're gonna get you in a position to win, but they're not the dagger. And that guy continues to prove to me that that he's the yeah. fucking dagger on this team. So yep. 
uh 4-0 was pretty awesome like i yeah. i loved it yeah. i like how they in like like phil said too like it didn't take away from 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 jared allen uh no. with the returns like he still played he still played great so and then i did hear coach bickerstaff saying that merrill's still going to get his minutes even with everybody coming back and i feel good about that because yeah he had a really great run when when people were hurt yeah. you know they are they are deep Man, yeah. this team, this team yeah. is deep. Um, I loved the the end of that Clippers game when you thought the Clippers were going to come back, and they like they showed some maturity and some toughness. And when Allen gets that three point play to like put it away, you're like, this is what a good team does. This is like being able to run out the <laughs> clock in an NFL game when you have the lead. Like you've just gotta you gotta make plays like that. What's the odds on a Taylor nip slope? Oh, oh, there's that's not out there. Come on, <laughs> she just Taylor's won album of the year for that. That's true. No. She just won album of the year. That's fantastic. Oh, power couple. He wins Super Bowl. She wins album of the year. Yeah, that's a big week. I don't. That's like a big week. All, and then they get married. And then they get married. Yeah. And then they get married. Yeah. yeah. All while she's like a deep state spy. This is fantastic. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> and 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 Reed like officiates on the field after the game, and they're like they're married oh, on yeah. the field. It's like no, the no. biggest. They gotta come night to Cleveland. In- Yes. I, I thought it was. I thought it was going to go to. They can have the reception. Check the good time series availability. On the good time for next too. week. The Nautica Queen. <laughs> the Nautica. Oh boy! <laughs> have, they'll have the reception like the powerhouse after that. They'll the play like, air, air hockey. Oh, hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the aquarium. Tell the moon's still down there. It is actually. Yeah. Is hey, really? Amazingly. Wow. Amazingly, yeah. that's still it there. Works. Wow. Yeah. That that will always work. Dueling yeah. pianos is always a good time. Good time. That's always time. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going every weekend no. to dueling pianos. No. <laughs> but I would go. I haven't been in a really long time. I would go again. Yeah, like once a decade. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe yeah, once yeah. every five years is, is would be good. Yeah. And yeah. you're in charge of the trip. You are. Dueling and dueling pianos sounds like Ooh. what we need to do this year. No, Man. <laughs> we're going to the same place and doing the exact same thing, tearing up that terrible golf course again. Are, going, are, going back? Take with us. are you are you taking us no, back? You running it back? No, 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 no. no, uh, no. I say, I Phil, I'll be so. over. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It worked out great. Last year. It was great. Now I miss my Wednesday though. That's the only uh, problem, and that's also the only problem is I'm actually thinking of like a place in Michigan. You know, someplace from the same type of deal. Something's really close, but let's let's come to Michigan. But I would miss Wednesday. Um, I'd miss Wednesday again, unless we meet in like Toledo for Wednesday night. Talking about that, I, I can just a trip inside a trip. Is this an yeah. Inception type yeah. trip? This year? Yeah, right. I, I could just be there on Wednesday, wherever you <laughs> want. The worst kind of Inception trip you can think of. We're gonna go to Toledo, and then we're going to a cabin. But yeah, yeah, it's it's an Inception trip. Weak a link is Whitney. My wife listens to every show. Great Chuck's show. fucking wife can't fucking the find weakest, time. weakest, <laughs> yeah. link. Yeah, jeez. But uh, she, make, she makes man. a me. She's bartending during the show. That's true. <laughs> she's, that she's is got true. Strength. She brings value. She brings yeah, value in her own way. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I'll give you that one. All um, right, all right, boys. Hey, it's not quite on. midnight, so I'm calling it. I'm oh, very tired. We can go two more minutes. This was great. There's-
this was great. This was a lot of fun. This is always a fun episode. I looked back at like the outlines from the previous years and I'm like, oh man, we do the Gatorade bet every year. I had no idea. All right. Let's look this one up. All right, fellas. All right, All right boys. boys. All right. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you guys. All right, man. Have a good, Have a good night. night. Funny. Funny like a clown? You're the music.